0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Big Green Egg, the world's largest producer of ceramic charcoal grills. And also by Springer Mountain Farms, over 300 family farms raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Learn more at biggreenegg.com and springermountainfarms.com. Hey, hey, we're here at uh Heritage Radio Network live at Charleston
2: Wine and Food Fest. You guys join in? Yeah. Tell me where we're at, boys. We're at Charleston, Charleston Wine and Food Wine 2017. But what are your guys' names? I'm Carrie. Lauren. I'm Robert. Robert Stelling.
3: And I'm Cat Johnson.
2: So this is kind of a live, fun thing. We're still going live. We've been here, what, for three days or four days now, Kat?
3: We've been here for three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we want to thank our sponsors, Big Green Egg and Springer Mountain Farm for bringing All us right. down. Woo!
2: And Heritage Radio Network.org, if you're listening, you're listening live now, so uh, we're happy to be here in Charleston. So you guys, what do you guys do? So Robert, you're kind of a culinary uh, legend around these parts. Yeah, I, I'm a classic. So he actually has a job and he runs a restaurant, right? Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A job so I can't how many Grill, and what? what's the street it's called? It's on Rutledge Avenue. So, you, and you guys, you guys have been to his place, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, many times. And what, what do you think? What What are some dishes you like when you go there? I
4: like the huevos rancheros.
2: I second that as well. Yeah, huevos yeah. are great. And you hosted a great uh, breakfast today, didn't you, for some festival goers? Uh, yeah,
5: we had the Heritage crew over. Uh, they did a little number and. and uh, Chopped into the food there, so some that, shrimp that was and grits. good. It was
2: impressive. But well, guys, everybody cheers. You got a lot of backstory of you. You know, Patrick Martin's our founder, and uh, you know, you went back to working with Bill Neal uh, way back in the old days, right?
5: Yeah, I started my career uh, with Bill at Crook's Corner you know,
2: a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So we should cut. This is a trivia. You know, we got some prizes out there: beers from uh, Westbrook and some T-shirts.
3: You guys get beer just for participating.
2: That's what I'm talking about. All right. About. Westbrook Groza. Mom pleasant. So you want to go into the questions, Kat? Let's go. I
3: do. Okay. So question one. It's about Charleston. Round one is all about Charleston. Got it. You might have an advantage here.
2: Uh, Don't give me too much credit.
3: Okay. Question number one. And talking to the mic, too. Back in the day, sea captains would announce their arrival and invite people to hear their stories by sticking what fruit prominently outside their homes? Pineapple.
2: Yes. Correct. Where's the bell? Ring the bell. David, where's the bell? Okay, louder. Ding. <laughs> All right, next one.
3: Okay, question number two. Who was Charleston named after?
2: King Charles
3: the Second. Correct.
2: All right. Yes. Hey, 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 of what country, though? <laughs> that lesser one across the sea.
3: <laughs> yeah. So uh, he also Charles gave uh, this land to eight of his friends, but named it for himself. Okay. Question number three. What modern film adapted from a play written by Shakespeare was entirely shot in Charleston?
2: That's news to me, too.
3: Um, okay, it came out in 2011, I mean 2001, and starred Julia Stiles and Josh Hartnett. Oh.
2: Say it, she said it. Othello? Othello. What is Othello? We accept Yes. It. Audience
3: Okay, I'm going to give that you credit for it. The movie was named O, oh, but it oh. was based on Othello oh. and was oh. set in an American high school.
2: Okay, yes. okay. Yes. I have my, I'm, I'm a spontaneous question. Okay, the park that we're in right now, what's it called? Marion Square. Marion Square. It was the the former parade grounds for which school? The Citadel. All right. And why, why is it no longer the parade ground?
4: I guess they got too big for...
2: I don't know. Just- Citadel move, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Great. I have another question coming up about Marion Square later. <laughs> a Rock old old Cal- hotel okay. now. Yeah. Question number four. True or false? Charleston was the first city in America to have a theater. I think that's true.
2: True. Dock you- Street. Good She's good. Doc Can you Street, name it? right? Yeah. Dock yeah, Street theater. Good job. Yeah. Dock Street. Good job. Before we do that, like Robert, couple, couple some history from your part. When did you open your restaurant, Harmony I op- Grill? I opened in 1996. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right.
0: There it is. <laughs> who's,
2: been, who's been there, Harmony Grill? Good people. Yeah. Can we get a ding Yeah, bang? baby. All right. Keep it rolling. Okay,
3: question number five. True or false, the first golf game in the U.S. was played in Charleston?
2: Can you repeat the question?
3: The first golf game was... In the United States was played in Charleston?
2: Softball question. I'm gonna go no. I'll say false too.
3: It's
4: true. Yeah, I agree.
2: Oh. It's true. Otherwise, oh. it wouldn't be a question. Come on. I, would just, I just wanted to hear the horn, okay? Harold, uh, did you get the oh, questions from a carriage tour? You like, you like tour? the buzzer better or what? the bell?
5: Did you get the questions from a carriage tour?
3: No, I didn't take the carriage tour. <laughs> what is <laughs> the carriage
5: tour, Robert? Tell us you get a lesson in, in Charleston lore and you take a carriage tour around and see the houses and the gardens and everything wonderful and wow you know. i got to come back and take a tour it just seems like the golf would be a really important
2: part of that yeah you guys play golf uh vaguely not really not really not, really, not, not. the wine and food festival <laughs> Okay, well, that was the
3: first round, and you guys did a really good job. Yeah.
2: So, Woo. Are we and, keeping score, or what are we doing?
3: No, we're just giving away things, because we just like to be generous. get Heritage stuff. Radio Network stickers. You guys, come yes. up if you want free stickers. Come on. Yeah. Woo.
2: <laughs> next one. Southern okay, drinks is the next category. Oh, we like the drinks. Rob, what, what, what is your beverage program like in Hominy Grill? What do you guys have? Wine, beer, liquor, We We do all,
5: all three, the big three. Wine, beer, and liquor.
2: Is there a signature drink that you
5: like to drink? We run special. Oh, that I like to drink. I'm a Negroni drinker.
2: Uh, I like Negronis. Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah.
2: I was at the Prohibition Bar last night, and they made the mezcal Negroni, which seems to be. Is that our studio, Roberta's in Brooklyn, and down in Charleston? It seems everyone is hip, right? Who likes mezcal Negronis? Sure. Go to Prohibition Bar. They have (laughs) them. Yeah. All right. Next round. Southern drinks. Go for it.
3: This round is Southern drinks. Okay, question number one. What famous cocktail was originally the morning drink of choice for farmers in Virginia? I'll give you a clue.
2: That's what I was looking for.
3: It became the official drink of the Kentucky Derby in 1938 mint
2: julep. All right. Woo. Got it. That's go. what I was going to guess. Is that a Charleston drink, though? Do people drink that here? Manjula.
4: People drink Ooh. everything in Charleston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, on,
2: it's on the list. But when, when I was walking around the culinary village, one of the I heard one chef talking about a drink he was making. He was like bourbon and, and and bees and and jalapeno, and he kept going into it. I mean, do you feel like here people are like more creative? You get with a cocktail. People want to try that.
5: What's important in Charleston is that's bourbon to begin with. Bourbon. So,
2: yeah, yeah, yes. Like she likes it. I'll second that. Is bourbon in my coffee today or what? No. didn't bring enough. That's the line from Charleston. You didn't bring enough, right? If you didn't.
3: Okay. Question number two. What soft drink claims to be the oldest continuing soft drink company still run by the same family? Cheerwine. That's right.
2: How did you know that?
3: They're a partner of the festival this are year. Are they really? They are.
2: Get the, a- keep in the sponsor. I'm not from but the all South. About right. the sponsors. You gotta go over to
4: the hub. I bet you can it. What does get it taste it? like? It's kind of like a little, I don't know, I would compare it like Dr. Pepper
5: ish. Kind of, yeah. A with a little lines cherry lines on top. Yeah. Cherry Coke you, and you, Dr. Pepper. Do you, make, do you
2: make a drink with it or you just oh, drink yeah. it straight? What would you it goes, mix it with? Bourbon. with? bourbon. Bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> it goes right well there. with barbecue. Chewy and bourbon.
3: Okay, question number three. What ubiquitous southern drink was first published in 1879 in a community cookbook called *Housekeeping in Old Virginia* by Marion Cable Tyree?
2: Ubiquitous. It's children, old ladies, old-fashioned. Uh, maybe there's no alcohol. Yeah. Ah. Love that buzzer. <laughs> now this is like our fifth hour program this is for today. Children? <laughs> How long have you guys been here? You been here for ubiquitous three or four days already? Yeah. We're stretching it, but we're loving it.
3: Yeah, it's not an old-fashioned.
2: Okay, secret. So what's the hint? Cat.
3: The hint is it, the original recipe called for green tea, but then after the war, we only had black tea.
2: Close. It's sweet tea. tea.
3: Sweet
4: tea. Sweet tea. Yeah.
2: How did you know that?
3: I was just putting all the clues. Is
5: together. that what
2: you drink here?
4: I'm. I'm not a huge. I didn't of sweet know
2: somebody in. invented that. Maybe they published a recipe. I thought that was from like dawn yeah. of time. It's people what, what's it called when it you was take over? Take over someone else's history? Yeah. She appropriated someone's history. I don't like that. <laughs> but do you serve sweet tea at Hominy Grill?
5: Yeah, yeah. How do and you make course. sweet
2: tea? You keep adding sugar until your teeth crack.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I told you, this morning I told I was telling Katie that when you make a pitcher of sweet tea, you put like two and a half cups of sugar in it. And she just, her mind was blown.
2: Okay, your family's from Alabama, right? Yeah. And you guys actually made a cane, a, a cane syrup yeah, syrup. My dad right? makes
3: cane syrup out of uh, purple yeah. ribbon cane.
2: And then would you make yeah. that in sweet tea or not?
3: No, you would mostly, well, I like to use that syrup for like
2: cocktails. And what about sweet tea? Would you put bourbon in it? No? Yes. An yeah, exception. I do that. I for do that. you, that's an exception? Only ice. Ah. Oh,
5: Sweet tea, you drink if you get caught needing a beverage between coffee and bourbon.
3: It's a transitional drink.
5: Exactly.
2: It's ubiquitous. All right, next it's one ubiquitous. What's next.
3: Okay, question number four. What is the state drink of Louisiana? A hurricane?
2: No. I'd say hurricane too, but
3: <laughs> this is a tricky one.
2: Well, let give us. It's actually there's hints here.
3: It's also the state. Drink. I can see
2: the hints. Yeah. Nobody else. Can. It's
3: also the state drink of Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee.
2: That's weird.
3: Think like along the lines of what lobbying groups would want a state drink to be.
2: What comes from a cow, kids? Milk. Milk. That's, That's right. kind of boring. Sorry, kids. Uh, I but is there a state drink with with actually a state spirit?
3: Only Alabama has a state spirit. It's yep. Konica Ridge whiskey. Wow. That's Who would
2: That's good, right? Yeah. yeah. What would the state spirit they're, be they're in South Carolina? In
5: front.
3: Probably bourbon. Bourbon.
2: <laughs>
1: yep.
3: All right, keep going. Okay, question number five. What punch originated in Savannah and, according to legend, was once served to George Washington? This is a hard one. A punch? It, has it is Ar- a punch.
2: It's an Army-related name. These it, are tough questions, Kat. Yeah, this where'd is cool you pull it? these off the internet?
3: Yeah, I've made this punch before, actually, and it's delicious. You
2: make it with your family's cane syrup? Uh,
3: yeah, I did put a little bit, yeah. bit of it in there. Um, so the answer is Chatham Artillery Punch. Yeah,
2: yeah. not even. Close. Have you ever heard yeah. of that? <laughs> it's what, what, it's what so What would good. you make that with?
3: Um, so bourbon? the one I made has bourbon, cognac, <laughs> brand, like uh, oh. like bunch of different stuff green tea, you steep the green tea and then you put the syrup in it.
2: You know, since I'm getting thirsty, where should we go after the festival tonight to get some good cocktails? You guys tell me.
4: Oh my goodness. Pick a spot. There.
2: Where? Where?
4: <laughs> We're getting a lot of Edmunds. all right. All right, Edmunds, Edmund Oast love. Alright, Edmund's where else? Edmund Oast. That's a good spot. It's a beautiful day. Sit, on the, sit out on the patio.
2: What about you, Robert?
5: Edmund's Oast sounds good. It's in my neighborhood. Yeah? Yeah. 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 What about-
2: yeah. Alright, overwhelming. I guess they all win. Okay. go for that, David. <laughs> so,
3: you guys did a great job on the drinks round. So, for your beers, I'm going to give you Heritage Radio Cozies. Network doozies. Also, we may run out of prizes by the before That's the end okay. of the game. Y'all
2: are enough of a prize. Aww. Well, that, we'll give a free, free breakfast at Harmony Grill next. That's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he knows. Let's keep going on this. Okay. gets out.
3: Okay. The next round is Southern Food.
2: Bill might have an advantage on this. Hopefully so. You have a phone
3: on a friend, I think. Yes. Uh, Okay, first question What southern sandwich staple actually got its start with New York State farmers?
2: Uh, More specific, it might be used as a dip.
3: Pimento
2: cheese sandwich. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. What's the background on that, Kat? Well, New York State
3: farmers were the first ones to make that, and they were modeling it after the French Neufchâtel.
5: Neufchâtel, all,
2: all right. right. Yeah. Do you serve pimento cheese and hominy grill? Oh, yes, most How
5: certainly. it. do you serve it? Uh, we have a sandwich on the pretzel roll with fried shallots. And, uh, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's great. And what about like cream cheese and, and some kind of jam? Is that something that's popular too? Hormini no. no hominy really cream
5: Cream cheese.
2: Y'all
4: have
3: really good jelly.
5: Yeah, yes. We have yeah, a great a jelly Jelly, cream yep. cheese Oh,
3: yeah All right, Okay, one. question number two What popular southern cake is made with pineapples, banana, pecans, and cream cheese icing? Is that
5: a, is I know that, you know Is it a
3: hummingbird cake?
5: Yes Yes, ah! that is the hummingbird wow.
3: I wrote that question after our breakfast this morning that Because I had hummingbird
5: cake yeah. So
2: good and what's the backstory on that?
3: It's thought to have been invented in Jamaica, but the first printed recipe appeared in Southern Living magazine, and it is the most requested recipe in the magazine's history. See the appropriate Jamaican wow. history. Look at that. Yeah, there you go.
2: Bananas. <laughs> Actually, right my place in New York City, Jimmy's Number Forty Three, the main cook from Columbia makes his bread pudding. He sneaks in bananas. So bananas are mm, good for baking. Delicious. Have you, you used bananas in any no, of your baking?
5: Yeah, yeah, we were doing banana pancakes today. Oh, that sounds yeah, good. With pecan praline and butter whip. Butter whip? Yeah, butter whip.
2: Nice. Do
3: you let the bananas get like really brown before you use them?
5: Yeah, yeah. For uh, especially for banana bread. We also have banana bread, so and that's very much a a Caribbean style
2: recipe. What's your favorite food, guys, since you're here? Oh my gosh. It shouldn't be that's a question.
4: Such, I know. There's there's no, I don't know. I've
2: I'll, I'll fall on the sword and answer first. Pizza, for sure. Pizza? Yeah.
4: Oh, gosh, I have to choose? It depends on the day. All right, next question. There's come on. too many options in Charleston. She's
2: say some She's going to say bourbon. No, I actually eat. You eat, too. you going to come up here. One more question. You're coming up. All right,
3: next one. Okay, question number three. In the South, eating Hoppin' John on New Year's Day is thought to bring a prosperous year filled with luck. What are the peas in the dish meant to represent?
4: go you get this one isn't it wealth
5: it's uh, yeah. coins I, accept that. I thought it was health. Coins. Coins. coins yeah yeah, yeah. we, we oh. also eat collard greens collard, yes. collard greens is the foldin' money and the, the peas are the coins
2: nice so what are collard greens
5: the folding money
2: oh folding money. yeah okay. yeah
5: yeah green
2: all right
3: we call it folding money jimmy
2: i'm not sold on that one but <laughs> do you okay. actually like do you like that dish do You like what is it, Hoppin' John? You like Hoppin' John? You like the, it's like black-eyed peas and collard greens. Yeah, or it's,
5: it's you know it's bean and rice. It's a whole whole protein, so it's a great dish. You know, really. Do
2: you serve that at Hominy Grill? Yes, we do. do. You always put pork in it, or you make it without pork? Because I would want it with pork. We do have pork in it. Yeah. Yes, we when I was the at peas with pork. Oast. Yeah, I keep going. The same thing. I had the uh, it was that like kind of the slow cooked pole beans. With a little bit of pork, and I said basically it's green and they cook it like collard greens. Is that yeah. is that yeah. common? Techn- All right, next question. Let's go.
3: Okay, question I'll try number to stretch four. The clock on this one. All right, kids. What traditional Southern dish was also the name of a movie starring Kathy Bates?
2: Who's Kathy Bates?
3: You know, from Misery. That's oh. not the answer.
2: I- Good job! There we go. From the audience, From the audience. we had fried She's green tomatoes. Oh, she eats fried green tomatoes. Drinks need to bourbon. Pull her up a seat. Love that girl.
3: Okay, cool. and this is the last food question. What state is the largest supplier of crawfish? Oh, I,
4: this is a trick question. Obvious one. Is it?
0: I'll, I'll, Louisiana.
2: You're right. Oh, right. I
0: thought, okay. Yeah. So what's the
2: back Crawfish? Yeah, or- I, I thought I was going to be, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was waiting for the, the
0: buzzer. I was waiting for uh, the buzzer. You mean
2: you're going to say s- southeastern China? No. <laughs> sorry, that's frozen food industry. How much, how much frozen food do you guys buy? You think in this, in Charleston, the best restaurants, are they only using fresh local ingredients? Or for like shrimp and grits, are people bringing in? I'm sorry to bring up real stories of food, but are they bringing in frozen shrimp? Um... I hope not. Uh, There are
5: certainly some, and there's certainly times of the year when you can't get anything but. What we do is uh, get local shrimp that are frozen for us, and then when the season's closed, we're using good local products. You you have a
2: local shrimp industry here.
5: Yeah, yeah. And and occasionally we run out and have to supplement for like a couple weeks until the new season opens. I I
2: didn't know that shrimp was native to this region. No they' they're the kind of the crown
5: jewel and the, the seafood you know uh, of Charleston it's really what we, we do here shrimp shrimp uh, most beautiful' thing one we more have. question
2: so here what's different the the little net clams that I had at a, a, a raw bar last night they're really small and tender not from the northeast in, in the north they're usually a little bigger um, you want to say anything about the type of seafood you have here what's different about it I mean it seems like really special uh, well, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it is special. We're in a
5: semi-tropical zone here, or subtropical zone, so we're right on the edge, and, and we get a lot of warm water currents. So it, it's a change here. You know, a lot of the shellfish start to taste you know different as the water gets warmer. You know, below Chesapeake and stuff. So you know, we, we get that. Although our coastline here is is really sandy, so uh, there's not a lot of. Uh, attractive formations but there is a huge spawning ground off the coast uh, called the bumps about 90 miles out and it's a big swordfish spawning ground and a lot of other commercial species are taken out there so we're lucky to have that kind of productive fishery here it's really sustainable
2: in a local level so so that's great that's great that's something i learned about charleston this weekend kat yeah what's the next question
3: okay uh we're on to round four now uh, this round is about Southern chefs and authors
2: Southern chefs and authors
3: Okay, this one's an easy one What is Emeril Lagasse's catchphrase? Bam Bam!
2: You watch got too it. much TV, come on <laughs>
3: Okay I haven't
2: added any bourbon today. She, She's got bourbon She's got fried green tomatoes She knows Emeril Okay,
3: question number two Wait, where is he born though? Emeril was actually born in Massachusetts.
2: My neck of the woods. Look yeah. at that. Yeah.
3: Okay. Question number two. Who is the founder of Anson Mills?
2: You know Robert Glenn Roberts. That's right. right.
3: Okay. Uh, we also have a fun fact. Glenn is originally from San Diego and studied French horn throughout his childhood.
2: And then to get in He's deeper. A very interesting guy. Yeah. Robert. So um, I know that Anson Mills is working on different varieties of rice. You want to say anything about that? Some of the rice is, rice is native to this region. Well, Anson Mills, in general, has been really, like rice? yeah,
5: instrumental in preserving a lot of uh, heirloom grains and seeds in general. Not just the rice, but also peas, and uh, you know they do you know uh, faro all kinds of different grains, and they actually contract people to grow them for them and, and, and keep that going. So they've they've just been really fabulous, and they they have a rice program uh, with our local heritage rice here called Carolina Gold, and uh, it's a it's a nice white rice, really soft, though. Are a
2: lot of chefs in this area, if they serve Anson Mills product, will they put that on the menu, or they or the, will they not? Have you seen it on menus a lot? Uh, I think they do a, a, a lot here. I, I
5: don't think it's as much as... Um, in other areas of the country, I've seen it a lot on menu when I travel. I see it in menus, you know, I've seen upstate New York or out on the West Coast. You know, every, you know it, it's great that they're so well-known and respected within the industry. And that's because, you know, Glenn Roberts' integrity and, and just really believes in what he does.
2: That's great. What's, What's next, not? Kat?
3: Okay, what renowned chef of Crook's Corner in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, popularized shrimp and grits in the
5: 80s?
2: Robert knows. Does he work for him? Uh, that
5: was Chef Bill Neal. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The Crook's Corner. And yeah. I
2: just want to say that when I was doing research yesterday about Charleston, I, I did read the book by his wife about Bill Neal, so I knew of him. But it's one thing great about being here is thinking about the culinary history of this region. And it's true that. So you worked for Bill at one point, didn't you?
5: Yes. Yeah. I started my career in in his dish pit. <laughs>
2: what What were some of the first dishes you learned how to cook? Um, With him? Uh, well, uh, pie, I remember paella was the first
5: dish that I really learned to cook with him. Uh, Crook's Corner in those really early days were it was a mix of gas station barbecue joint and uh kind of continental fare so we had a a asparagus uh, you know wrapped in country ham with tomato sauce and italian and had mozzarella on it and we you know we did paella and uh you know kind of a mediterranean seafood chowder kind of a bouillabaisse and it was very much kind of this european fare because that's the kind of food that he had been cooking at la residence and um and he started to write his cookbook. He began to focus on his Southern roots. So uh,
2: that's been, when it all kind cheers of changed. Cheers to Bill Neal. If anybody, will. all right, next question.
3: Okay, question number four. What state was Edna Lewis born in?
2: The hint: it's north of South Carolina, but not directly north. Oh she she was born in Virginia. That's right, Freedom, Virginia. I all right. Yes, Good bell. Free, double bell, Freetown, Freetown, Freetown. Yeah, yeah. Ge- Geo- You know, I like bourbon. I like, but geography questions always win in my mind. It's kind of like the easy grade, right? I'm so glad he's on. Our they team. used to they used to <laughs> teach geography in schools. I don't know if they do anymore. In fact, my daughter's name is Georgia, and coming down, she says, she said, Daddy, um, you know, I want to go to Georgia, the country, but she still doesn't believe there's Georgia, the state. So, I don't know.
3: All right, question number five. What is the name of John T. Edge's forthcoming book, A Personal History of Southern Food? It's coming out in May.
2: Have you guys ever heard of him? Oh, yeah. Who who is he?
3: John T. Edge of the Southern Foodways Alliance. Whoa. Yeah.
2: Are you part of that? Robert, have you been part of that? Yes, yes.
5: I'm a a, a dues paying member. I'm I'm currently paid up, I believe. (laughs) Um, I don't know what the title of his new book is
3: it is the pot liquor papers. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be good.
5: I'm surprised it didn't have cornbread in the title. Right?
2: <laughs> you know, talking about Southern Foodways Alliance. I mean, you guys as your know, industry consumers, if I said Southern Foodways Alliance, would you perk up and say, "Wow, that must be interesting?"
4: I Probably I work for the festival, so I've definitely yeah. we, we we work with them on some of. How many say because
2: whenever they do podcast awards, they always win. So I would say we're no. trying <laughs> to get in there with them, but well, I think <laughs> what they do has a lot of integrity
5: and and you know their their motivation is in preserving the the southern food heritage, but also kind of celebrating and exploring it as it's de- develops now. So I mean that's
2: and how much you guys think so we're here in Charleston? These questions are about the South. The South is big you guys really feel like Charleston, Lowcountry, is uniquely different than the rest of the South? Or do you guys think that, what do you think you guys have in common as the South?
4: I think there's I mean, unique characteristics for every region. I think, you know, we've kind of got a little more of a coastal,
2: loud music, home cooking flair.
4: But um, I think the South has certain things in common, and then the region have their own, the things that they're kind of known for.
5: Yeah, I mean, there's so many different micro regions in the south the appalachians you know the the piedmont area you know a lot of its geography based just like charleston the low country you know but this was a really wealthy port early on so we had a lot of fun imported ingredients and influences in in our diet here so it makes it an exciting place to cook and, and the food really interesting
3: great so that was the end of round four
2: one more is there one more question for that
3: for round do you, four do you have another
2: round
3: yeah I have another round okay. but that was the end of round four and that was about chefs and authors so I'm going to give them a pot holder
2: awesome Ooh. now I'm going to ask this, this is a general question maybe our bourbon friend knows this does anyone know what Carolina muddle is it's a oh. it's a dish Carolina muddle what's that it sounds like drink. what is it it's the from people the want Bill Neal era oh, you know what it no. is he wants to know
5: yeah, muddle is a uh, seafood stew, coastal seafood stew. Here in South Carolina, we do it's the same sort of dish. It's called pine bark stew.
3: Is it similar to frogmore stew?
5: No, no. Frogmore is more of a, 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 a kind of like a crawfish boil with shrimp. So there's no real stew involved. It's you eat it off newspapers. Everything comes out of a pot: potatoes, corn. Um, muddle is, uh, and, and pine bark stew is tomato, onion, bacon, potato, and fish. And they used to cook it along the rivers. When fish uh, migrated upstream to spawn, they'd roll these big cauldrons out and build fires underneath them, layer all the ingredients in there, and uh, have a big community uh, party out by the, the coast. And it would get kind of burned, and that would be the pine bark reference and muddle just, uh, is just is another kind of local
2: term for it in North Carolina. I read cuz I know in, in 2007 you were one of the chefs that you know uh, honoring Bill Neal in 2007 a number of southern chefs went up to James Beard House in New York City. You guys cooked some of his classic dishes and that's where I learned about Carolina muddle. But what were some of the dishes that you guys cooked or that, that you would still say, "Oh, this is a Bill, Bill Neal dish that I want people to know about now?" Um yeah,
5: a lot of the stuff at Hominy is Bill Neal dishes. Things like the cornbread, the recipes that came from there, and the you know our famous shrimp and grits is actually the the, the you know I learned there. So um, those are you know really kind of a, you know direct tie to Bill Neal dishes.
2: Yeah. All right. What's next, Cat? All right, we'll last more round. Around.
3: You might have an advantage here because this is about the festival. Oh. What those?
2: Hey, boys from the Frogmers too. You guys want to come up and answer questions? Sure. Come Come on, on, you want surprises. Come on.
3: Okay, as they come up. Uh Question number one. What company that makes Kamado style charcoal grills? They're already drinking. I hope they're over 21.
2: Okay. Wristbands.
3: What company that makes Kamado style charcoal grills is based in Atlanta? Big Green Egg. That's right. Bloody
2: event sponsor here. Look at that. Yes. It's
3: one of our sponsors. We and love Big Green Egg. A lot of people that we've talked to this weekend talk about how addictive Big Green Eggs are. and um, have a cult the, following. The name, yeah, cult following <laughs> for sure. The n- name given to Big Green Egg enthusiasts is Eggheads.
2: Yes. Quick, so you guys, boys, you guys are laughing about Frogmare Stew. So give them the mic for a second. What's so funny about Frogmare Stew? You guys can say your name, too and where you're from. Uh, I'm Will from, Tr- from Mount Pleasant. Hi, I'm Finn Lloyd, I'm from Brooklyn, New York City, and I've heard it sounds amazing. I wasn't actually laughing about it, it just sounds amazing, I definitely want to try it before I leave.
5: He's laughing. Also brog rice. He's
0: brog rice I've heard is very good as well. He's so laughing. It it all.
5: He's laughing because it sounds so absurdly good. It sounds very good. That well, It's, it's unfathomable. Hi, my name is Frank Nolan. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh,
2: and what was the dish Yo, you the What? what? Bog, bog rice. What is that? Uh,
5: it is a big pot of rice. It's it's kind of similar to risotto in that you keep adding so liquid to it as it cooks, so it comes out very kind of loose um, and you get a really rich broth. But it has sausages and you know it it, it picks up whatever's in the refrigerator. You know, shrimp. What chicken, rice would you
2: use with that, Robert?
5: Um, I use a Carolina gold rice, which is the heirloom seed for the one we do in uh, the restaurant. So uh, it, it, the rice is really soft so it pops and gets uh, fluffy and a really unique texture. Uh, not like a risotto at all. It's just very similar technique.
2: Sounds good. Have you had it before? Wh- Frogmore stew? No, th- what's the other one? The new one? Bog. Bog, Bog I don't rice. rice.
3: It sounds delicious. I'm I know, right? Definitely. All right, let's go. Yeah. Okay, Question number two.
2: Geography again, geography.
3: <laughs> what are the four streets that border Marion Square, where we are right now at the Culinary Village? All right, you're gonna go? All right. <laughs> All right, hold the mic close. Yeah.
5: King Street,
3: Calhoun.
5: Calhoun. I don't know Vanderhorst, I don't know Vanderhorst.
2: Vanderhorst. No. Vanderhorst. No. Oh, uh, Houston. From- Houston, Houston, Houston. From here, Will. And meeting. All right,
3: you're close. It's actually not Houston; it's Hudson.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah.
3: All right, sit down,
2: guys, relax.
5: Hudson, okay, Hudson, <laughs>
3: okay. Fun fact: Marion Square is named for Francis Marion, aka the Swamp Fox. He was considered one of the fathers of modern guerrilla warfare. Wow, I didn't know that.
2: What? Okay, question number three. That's very appetizing.
3: Yeah, what family-owned business has been raising chickens for over forty years in the hills of northeast Georgia? Hint: They're all Springer Mountain Farms. She knows right here, buddy. They're one of our sponsors as well. Yes. Okay. Question number four. It's good chicken. It is. It's great chicken. Question number four: Who was honored with a legacy dinner at this year's Charleston Wine and Food Festival? I was Danielle Balloon. From New York City. That's right. Yeah, It was a lovely
4: dinner.
2: Did you get to meet him, Robert? Have you met him before? No, I didn't get to meet him. Not this time. Next time, I'll make sure the New York City chefs all go to Harmony Grill, man.
3: Yeah. We we had Danny
5: Meyer come in for for brunch the other day. Oh, nice. I I enjoyed seeing him in again. Good, buddy.
3: All right, last question. All right. When was the first Charleston Wine and Food held?
2: When, buddy? Ninety six. Oh, close. 2006. Close. No, yeah. no,
4: 2005. Oh, I should know that. Nicest, I believe try. we're in year 12.
2: Well, to him in yeah. your, in your lifetime, you probably, close. you've been close. to all of them, <laughs> right? I know. All
3: okay. right. All right. That wraps up trivia.
2: Woo. Well, Kat, this is awesome. Thanks for doing hey, this. Hey, everybody's everybody. a yeah. winner. Guys, thanks for coming out. Harry's great network. All right. Rock on Robert. A few last words, uh, about Charleston and, and food. And w- well, this is a really unique town
5: and, and uh, has, has a really great food scene here. You know, uh, it, a great place to visit. All the, all the restaurants, a lot going on. Um, are you still cooking, too? Are you actually in
2: the kitchen? Oh, yeah, every yeah. day. I, I have behind a pot of soup. It's, it's <laughs> so what's cooking right now? I'm, I'm hungry. What, what should I eat tonight? Oh, we are
5: closed tonight so I can tell you hopefully nothing's cooking <laughs> well my son yeah. is done yeah, yeah. <laughs> unoccupied yeah. If, it, if, it, if, it, if it's cooking it's a little smolder so, uh... Uh,
3: I also just want to thank Robert because I think he had a big part in bringing us down to the festival last year um, and we had one teepee last year and this year we have two teepees and we're getting bigger we, we did two days of broadcast last year we have three days this year so it's been a really really fun time at the festival um, we hope we get to come back again next year and do it all again. And tune in
2: every day. HeritageRadioNetwork.org. That's right. Yeah, yeah what, what like 10,000 shows already. So.
3: We, we, yeah, we hit our 10,000th show last month, um, and we're going to keep making shows. We're going to shoot for 20 and then 30. All right, and I also want to uh, one last time thank our sponsors, Big Green Egg and Springer Mountain Farms.
2: Boys from Mount Pleasant. Thanks thank to everyone
3: you. for listening to there our broadcasts, and and you can also check out all of our interviews that we did as individual podcasts on our website. Uh, we interviewed over HeritageRadioNetwork.org Heritage Radio <laughs> org.
2: David, can you close out with some rock and music? Let's go! Music time! All right, See time. You next all right. Year. play it up, DJ. Yeah.
1: This episode is brought to you by Big Green Egg, the world's largest producer of ceramic charcoal grills. In business since 1974, they've transformed ancient cooking vessels into modern-day masterpieces. Today, they sell seven sizes of the egg, as well as hundreds of accessories designed to make your cooking fun, entertaining, and delicious. Often copied but never equaled, the Big Green Egg is the ultimate cooking experience. Learn more at biggreenegg.com. This episode is also brought to you by Springer Mountain Farms. Over 300 family farmers raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Many of them are second and even third generation. They're committed to doing things the right way. Springer was one of the first poultry companies to forego the use of antibiotics, and they've embraced other humane practices too. In fact, they were the first poultry company to earn the American Humane Association seal of approval. Learn more at springermountainfarms.com.